This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. In part two of our podcast with Megan Oglesby and Joe Blosser, we continue to explore the catalyst role of the Earl and Catherine Congdon Foundation in High Point, North Carolina's economic revitalization. Megan and Joe describe a key part of the project, a business incubator called The Commons. The Commons is a space specially designed for co-working, training, and networking to support entrepreneurs. Megan and Joe share how the space promotes networking and idea generation, why project leaders decided to make access free, and the types of programming offered by the Chamber of Commerce to meet the needs of both nonprofit and for-profit startups. We learn how the scale and design of the commons evolved beyond the original plan, and how the Congdon Foundation, a lean foundation with two staff, was clear about its specific role in developing and managing this incubator, to do what the for-profit sector cannot do to help entrepreneurs start and grow businesses. I think one thing that we have seen um, especially as a result of the pandemic, so many people want to be entrepreneurs. They they want to go after their passion. They want to create their own business. And so we got, you know, jumped in ahead of the curve on that. And I'm so glad as a city that we did that because when the pandemic hit, we were actually ready to respond to that, that massive need. I mean, we thought in our minority economic uh, initiative uh, or entrepreneurship initiative, we thought we'd have about 100 uh, people in the first year that would join. And in that first year, they were up to about 300. And by year two, they were up to 500. Uh, just there were so many people that were hungry for the networking, the connections, the technical assistance uh, that, you know, supporting the, I mean, the bulk of our city works for small uh, and mid-sized employers. And that that's the bulk of most cities. Um, and Megan talked about the kind of missing middle that happened in High Point after the 90s, where you had low income and you had wealthy and you didn't have much in the middle. Well, that middle gets built through entrepreneurs and small businesses starting scaling and growing. And so I think you know that's so much of what Condon Yards has been doing is helping to rebuild that middle. And as far as the the timeline, how things came to be, the stadium, um, the Catalyst Project was adopted by the city council of, of High Point and I think it was 2015, 16 and 2016. And that was the same time that business High Point Chamber of Commerce um, was trying to figure out how to make their year-round support and activity of businesses an actual initiative. Um, they knew that they wanted to do that, but they weren't really sure exactly how, and they weren't really sure exactly where. So when the city adopted the Catalyst Project and picked the site for the stadium, 
they were looking, the chamber and David Condon with his involvement there was were looking all over the city to figure out where they should house this um this chamber initiative. And they decided that they really needed to be in the Catalyst Project District. They needed to support that work that was happening. And so there was a building that was for sale adjacent to the stadium. It was called Union Square at the time. And it was this um is now what is is plant seven at Condon Yards, um, hundred thousand square feet of um an old hosiery mill, gorgeous architecture, really cool. Um, and so David purchased that building under the Condon Foundation and said, okay, this is where we'll do this, whatever our chamber initiative comes to be. Well, the chamber really thought they only needed about like 10,000 square feet. So that's when I got pulled into the project to help figure out one, what do we need to do physically to the space to make it functional? And then what do we do with the rest of this 90,000 square feet? Because that is a lot of space and we wanted to be thoughtful about it. And so that's how you know, we then we pulled it together, a team of people that had different expertise and different perspectives and came up with the idea of that everything within this building needs to help businesses start scale and grow. So as we're thinking about that, how do we design the space around that? And so that's where we led with our mission and we were very intentional about who we partnered with and um, and what we did. But you know, the original vision for Condon Yards is not at all what it ended up being. It was very small, very um, manageable, and then it just kind of kept growing from there. I think if David had approached me and said, you know, here's the Condon Yard plan, do it, I would have been like, um... But that's a little bit of David, right? Like David has a tendency to to get a good idea and then it snowballs and yes. it gets bigger. And I mean, you mentioned the architecture is like it's a they're very beautiful spaces. But when you all purchase the building, it, it was, was mm, nowhere like it was rough. It was different floors, nothing connected to each other. You had to bust out a whole kind of central core atrium to connect mm -hmm. two old buildings together. It was funky. It was an interesting um, construction project, which I had no ex commercial construction experience with at all. So it was super important for us to find a general contractor that we knew we could trust that would help us figure out you know, all the problems. But it's it was it's just been a very interesting um, journey to get us where we are because it wasn't there was there was like three different things that were sort of happening at the same time and three different commitments that we had had made as a foundation that ended up all converging into what Condon Yards is today. And I look back, it all looks so intentional. Yes, but it wasn't. <laughs> but it, but that, that's the reason it came together is because we stayed true to our mission, yeah. and we didn't try to do anything that wasn't the right fit. And we knew we couldn't do it alone because we just didn't have between David and I the capacity. We had to have a team around us. One of the areas within this campus, and the campus is several different buildings, is a, an adaptive reuse campus. It used to be a hosiery mill, which is super cool. It kind of goes back to the history of our um, of our town, kind of the the full circle aspect of of um, of our community. But you know, there's what we call the commons, which is on the ground floor of one of our our buildings, and it is our answer to co working, and it is about. 12,000 square feet of um, co-working space, but it's free. There's no membership. You can walk right in the doors five days a week. It's during the, the business hours. And um, 
we worked with a really amazing design firm, Barbara Spangle Designs, to help us come up with a space that was comfortable, eclectic, because that's a huge space, um, curated, but also professional and um, and and very sophisticated at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, and that is our answer to co-working because we, we toyed around with the idea of do we have a, a membership fee and then if somebody can't afford it, we have financial assistance. But even then, that was sort of a barrier to opportunity, whether it was real or perceived. Mm-hmm. And so we said, no, we're going to design it in a way so it attracts you know, professionals, but we want it to be free because a lot of times when companies or nonprofits are trying to get themselves off the ground and grow, just having an office space is not affordable or it's, it's a distraction from doing the work. And so We've designed the commons um, to have different types of seating. And one of the best things that this was intentional is um, the organic connections that people are are making when they have a meeting in the commons. Um, There's not a day that goes by that I I don't have a meeting in there. And, And a lot of times I will schedule a meeting in there specifically because who I'm meeting with, I want them to meet the mayor of our city who his business is located here um, to to meet the president of the university, um, to meet a budding entrepreneur that can be a potential client, um, meet university students, high school students. And so we designed that in a way to, to ena- the space was designed to enhance the vision and to enhance what we, what we wanted the space to do. Um, but a for-profit business would never do that. Like the, just the economics don't work. Yeah. But because of our partnership with the chamber, we're able to do that. So the way Condon Yards is set up is we own all of the buildings um, as charitable use assets under the Condon Foundation. And then we have a charitable lease with the chamber. And the chamber is the one that operates the day-to-day activities within the facility. They do all the programs. You've got the businesses that are either um, establishing themselves or growing their job, their their role is you know, we have the space and the building right now is, is shiny and new and, and cool, but what's going to keep us relevant and what's going to make our businesses start scale and grow is the programs. Like how do we support them and meet them where they are? Um, so the chamber is doing a really great job of um, of doing programs to support our businesses. And so the combination of, of us as a landlord, we have taken that burden of um property management essentially off of them right like they can focus on what they're good at which is supporting our businesses we own the buildings we handle the shell work so if something major happens with the hvac that's on us um but then the chamber does what they do well which is manage the relationships um they have they handle the businesses that come in they handle the programming and it's just it works because we are we have clear defined roles of what we do and what we don't do. Like we are very intentional of not mission creeping. Like we don't want to do programs as a foundation. That's just not something we want to do, but we certainly want to find partners that do programming well, which we have with this project. Yeah. I mean, I'll say a little bit about the programming, also a kind of brainchild of David's because uh, he wanted to make sure that the people who were coming here had the resources and support they needed. So working with Business High Point Chamber of Commerce uh, developed the idea of having a program called the Interchange, which is where professional development occurs. And so that's everything from um, like how to use Excel and build your social media presence um, to you know, helping nonprofits raise money, uh, helping people market themselves, um, 
so they they work with for-profit and non-profit uh, companies. And then we also have a minority entrepreneurship initiative called Thrive uh, that also runs uh, in coordination with Business High Point that's really focused on providing technical assistance uh, to minority entrepreneurs. And so those programs often work in tandem. They do a lot of shared programming together, uh, but it's really trying to provide technical assistance and networking um, so that people who are in that start and early scale up phases can really get mm -hmm. the connections they need um, and the expertise they need. And one of the things that the chamber was not doing well in the past is they were doing too much generic programming. Like it was too like kind of blanketed, kind of broad stroke, stroke, and it just wasn't effective. So part of their revamping of programming and creating the interchange and thrive is it's very specific. So it's meeting businesses and entrepreneurs and nonprofits where they are and helping them get to where they want to be. So for example, those Excel classes are taught by somebody who is really good at Excel as their profession. They're like three different levels. And they're different levels. So when they're they're putting out the essentially the advertising for this programming, whatever the topic is, it's also saying what level it is. So that the people that are signing up is most appropriate for them. Um, and so we'll continue, they'll continue to evolve that as the needs evolve. Um, they're being really receptive and they want the feedback. So if if the program fell flat, they want to know. Um, we actually just for nonprofits as a partnership between the chamber and a group called the Guilford Nonprofit Consortium um, put together a grant writing workshop because for high point nonprofits, because three major high point funders are about to open their grants cycle. So one of them was us and then um, the community foundation and the foundation uh, for a healthy yeah. high point and the city of high point and the city of high point actually yeah. four. So what they did is they were strategic, not only in the topic, but the timing. And so they made sure that they um, felt the nonprofits felt prepared and equipped to submit their grants so that they can be successful in getting in getting their grants. So that was that's sort of the more thoughtful um, approach that they're taking. And again, just sort of our role with Condon Yards and with with the chambers, we're doing what what we do well, which is we can provide the assets and we can take that burden off of the chamber so that they can focus on what they do well, which is the programming. And that's been the key to the success of Condon Yards is making sure that the people and the organizations involved are doing what they do well and they're not having the burden or the distraction of, of mission creep or just things that, that don't work. Um, so that's sort of the long-term sustainability model of this is that you know if we were trying to do as a foundation, everything, it would not work or it'd be really, really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and so like if we, and we actually do, we're getting into the weeds, but we do pay property taxes because, you know, there's still some activity in here that's not technically nonprofit because we have for-profit businesses in here. And um, so, you know, restaurants, restaurants. Yep. Yeah. So we're contributing as well to you know, the property values and, and all of that, which is fine. That's you know, the goal. But the whole point is that we we were very that's the part that we were intentional about from the beginning is making sure that if we're going to do a project, who are the right players involved to make it successful and sustainable? You know, Megan mentioned the way that people kind of rub shoulders in the commons and how uh, we don't charge for membership. I think one of the coolest things about that is that while it it is our answer to co-working and it does have a lot of those co-working space 
feel and element and the professional support and all that. Um, it's also just like a living room to the city. And so like there will be moms with their kids homeschooling in one corner and there'll be a book club going on. And then there'll be a couple of people who are, you know, working on their computers, doing, you know, design work or doing real estate transactions or, you know, so you've got business people, you've got, you know, people who come for a cup of coffee to meet up with a friend. You've got board meetings that are happening in the boardroom in the back. Um, and, and so, when like everybody meets there. Yeah. It's, 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 and we were calling it the living room. And then our brilliant team said, we got to name it something different. Cause that's too, too residential. So yeah. the commons. And so now like we say, all right, I'll meet you in the commons. Yeah. Let's have our meeting in the commons. And what was interesting is when um, the business high point chamber of commerce leadership were doing their research on what they wanted their idea to come to fruition as. And they were touring around the country, going to WeWork spaces. We went to Durham, to American Tobacco, to American Underground. And what's interesting is a lot of, of co-working spaces and business incubator spaces, they really hone in on a niche. So like American Tobacco, they, they focus on fast growth technology companies. And that's who they, they're sort of like... Mm-hmm. That's a, a centralized theme around the what they're doing there. And we thought about that, but but because High Point, we are a very diverse city. I mean, we have over 80 different languages spoken here. I mean, we're the international city. We have all these different countries coming here twice a year. I mean, we just we have a lot of really interesting, diverse backgrounds and industries and all that. So we felt like it was really important for us to honor that. And we didn't want to, we wanted the commons and condon yards to be a place for everybody. And so you do when you're looking at the different offices and different companies that work here, it's broad, it's diverse, and it's actually made us stronger. So like there's a CPA that has an office and he ends up being the our kind of go-to. Go to CPA yeah. for people in the building and, um, and lawyers there's and a lawyer, real estate yeah. agents and And so the diversity has ended up being one of our greatest strengths. And I'm so appreciative of that because, yes, we could have honed in on just the furnishings aspect, but I think we would have limited ourselves um, on the the creative companies and industries and entrepreneurs that really make us successful. Thanks to Megan Oglesby and Joe Blosser for joining us. Our conversation with Megan and Joe continues in part three. Look for new catalytic podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Roo does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The Catalytic Podcast is made possible by grants from two exponent members, the 1772 Foundation and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.